aligning with great agencies as Carla Otto, Bir Betak. I mean, those are all really in their industries are the, the creme de la creme. Carla Otto, of course, I knew from before. It's also a great name, Carla Otto. Isn't it? Yeah. 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 I mean, she's also a fantastic Yeah, I mean, I don't know her, it, but I feel like yeah. the name Carla, like, I yeah, was yeah, thinking, yeah. like, if I need to be like Carla Otto, like, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> we, maybe we can change your name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, mean, I don't know if there's, Hashem you might have. Otto, Hashem Otto, Hash Otto. <laughs> and then I'll team up with Carla Otto. I feel like maybe. I mean, it's a natural progression. <laughs> I mean, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. Welcome back to The Lighthouse Conversation, a podcast featuring entrepreneurs and tastemakers from the worlds of arts, culture, tech, and food. I'm your host, Hashimoto. <laughs> uh, just kidding, Hashimontasir. If you're joining us for the first time today, you can listen to our extensive catalog of previous episodes in any of your podcast apps, like Apple, Spotify, and Remy, etc. Or go to our website and listen to them all there at thelighthouse.ae slash podcast. We've had some amazing guests on the show over the years, including mega entrepreneur Fadi Randur, co-founder of Aramex, Uber designer Nada Dibs, Egyptian restaurateur Ayman Becky, director of Sharjah Museum's Manal Ataya, and so many others. I'm joined today on the show by Ayman Fa'usa, a friend and also the co-founder of The Code, one of the top PR and comms agencies in the UAE. Ayman and his business partner Depeche built a true PR powerhouse over the years and their hard work and stamina was rewarded when the code was acquired in 2018 by the Independence Group, making the company an operational partner for global agencies including Carla Otto and K2 in the region. I want to emphasize this point because many founders, both venture-funded and not, ultimately have to think about exits. And exits can come in many forms, including merger and acquisition, what's called M&A, which is what happened in this case, an initial public offering or IPO, which means essentially you list on the stock market, and a few other forms in between that we'll get into at a different stage. But also um, a common myth is that if a founder exits his company, he's gone. That's not always the case. As evidence in this case, where Depeche and Ayman remained very much at the heart and soul of the business they built over a decade. I've known Ayman and his co-founder Depeche Depala since my days in finance working out of EFG's office in DIFC. When I first met him through our mutual friend Rami Sarafa, I found him curious, interesting, and interested. I have been chasing you for, what, 15 years now to do this? I mean, really? <laughs> <laughs> We've had all the constellations. We're going to do it, you and I, you and I and Depeche, you and Depeche, and I'm out of it, and yeah. Chirag does it. I mean, we tried all the constellations, now we're here. Yes. Uh, we're so happy to have you. I have so much Thank to you. cover. Um, you run your own business, and we'll get, go into the details of that. But I want to bring you back to the moment, how many years ago now, 13 years? 14 it's been 13 years. 13 yeah. years, exactly. Yeah. When you started the business. Because to me, there must have been a thought process of you're betting on yourself. Obviously, you have a, a co-founder, Depeche Tepala, but let's focus on you for a minute. Mm -hmm. did, you, did that thought process go through your mind? I am doing this for me. I'm betting on myself. I think I can succeed. Yeah. Or did it just pass through and just happened? Well, it's interesting. So I, I always had the idea of starting my own business. And I, I, you know, I worked on so many different business plans and like opening a concept store, like, you know, I was I inspired by Colette and like wanted to do like a mini Colette here. And I wanted to open a restaurant and I had so many ideas always. Why? 
Where did that spirit come from? I think, well, I mean, it came from, I think, business school for sure. Okay. You know, I was at McGill, uh, you know, at business school and that uh, one of my minors was entrepreneurship. And I was always inspired by entrepreneurs. You know, I always looked at like other people and that, that, that excitement of starting your own business and, and, you know, being your own boss. But we'll get to that later yeah. because you're never really your own boss. Um, but, but, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, it was, um, it was always an interest. Okay. You know, so after working at L'Oreal and then working at Villamoda, when when the time came that I knew my my time was coming to an end, you know, it was the end of the crisis. The company was going bankrupt where I was working. If you remember, we were yeah. we were both in DIFC at <laughs> yes. the time. That's when I uh, met you. You were in banking, and mm -hmm. I was uh, I was in the fashion world. And you guys and were the highlight of DIFC. I mean, we, we kind of were actually. <laughs> I remember being like, oh, God, I'm gonna get out, and then you'd be there, and I'd come yeah. see you. Suddenly there'd be like a troop of like fashion people walking exactly. through the financial district, exactly. and everyone was like, "Who are these weirdos?" It was actually so much more fun then. But anyway, yeah, it um, was. It was so. You know, at that time, I knew that the the ship was sinking, and and I had the opportunity to either, you know, jump ship, or I started thinking about working on 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 my own business. And I said, well, you know, I have I have the opportunity now to to do my own thing. I'm I had just turned thirty, and thirty is young. It was young, but young, but not too young as well. So it brings me back to that point, Yanni. Did was it just like? Um, naivete a little bit of arrogance a bit of both none of it and just kind of jumping in any that thought process yeah i think it was i think it was like now or never okay. you know it was kind of like let me do it now while i'm still a bit young if i fail i fail the stakes uh, are not so high you know and the stakes are not so high um also you know i saw the need right so i was working for a multi-brand retailer working with the brands realized that they all needed support and they all needed yeah. the help of agencies and we we didn't have any agencies that really understood the luxury market that understood what these brands actually required also having worked with Carla Otto which is which now became my partners as an inspiration because you know they were my agency so i i was i had the pleasure of working with a global agency in other markets who promoted you know Villamoda to to those markets so i saw what a good agency was I worked in L'Oreal and worked with what were not so good agencies as well. Yes. So I had that experience of understanding what, what was good and what was bad. Um, and starting an agency, but coming from the client side, was also a unique position. That's and why a, did you decide to have a partner? Was it a conscious choice or a happenstance? <laughs> you know, it's such an interesting question because uh, partnerships are are like a marriage. I always say like, you know, me and Depeche have, you 100%. know, I, I mean, we've been working together for 13 years, but it's it's really like a marriage. I mean, you have okay. a partner as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, the only thing missing is me and Henny going to couple therapy, but yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> pretty much. It is a marriage. Exactly. Sure. I mean, yeah, sometimes I feel like we need couples <laughs> yeah, therapy, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know, it, it really it really makes you realize that, that that commitment is is a long-term commitment. And I've seen a lot of good friends of mine enter partnerships and it doesn't work out. So 13 years later, I think it's such a, a testament to to really the strength is. of our our bond, of our friendship, of our trust um, for one another, our mutual respect for one another. That's super important. Um, but back to your question. Were you um, this close? Sorry, I'm just no, jumping no. in. Because, I mean, in case of Hany and I, we had worked together already Yes, I remember you guys time. worked yeah. in banking so together. There was not to say tried and tested because we hadn't worked as partners in a business we own. We had worked Correct. in a company, yes. EFG. Um, but certainly we already had a taste for how each one operates under yeah. pressure. Were you guys close or no? 
so or that closeness happened throughout your partnership. So actually, we we knew each other socially. Yeah. Um, wow. so we later we later found out that actually his sister, my sister, and his brother went to university and were actually best friends. That's but so that bad. we found out after we started our partnership. Um, and you know, my sister pretty much lived at the Dipala's house when she was in at AUD in in Dubai. Um, but you know, actually, we we really didn't know much about each other at all. I saw Depeche started doing some PR for other brands, and I started this at the same time. And I kind of saw that that synergy. that synergy between us. Like uh, he he definitely has a lot of the social aspects, which and 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 has been in Dubai for for you know since his family since yeah, the sixties. Yeah, he grew up in. So Dubai. he grew up in Dubai. Uh, I have that in Saudi, you know, I grew up in Saudi. And and for me, it was like, wow, you know, that's a good kind of combination. Um, uh, and, and definitely. I feel a- like you have that everywhere. I mean, what? <laughs> you have that network everywhere. I mean, it's not just Saudi. I mean, don't say. Guilty. <laughs> I have yet to see you in any environment oh. where you don't have your network. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I can list, you know, Beirut, Cairo, Riyadh, Dubai, uh, whatever you know, I, I, when I went on my sabbatical uh, last year, I was my my the choices of locations were choices of locations where I wouldn't run into anyone. Yeah, sub zero. And I was in like a small village in Guatemala, exactly. and I ran into someone I knew there, and I was <laughs> exactly. like, "How is this happening?" Yeah, no, I like, have never. Why? I you remember know, when so. you first opened the lighthouse, and I would want to have lunch with you if you recall. Yeah. And we wouldn't be able to have lunch. Oh, no, because, we can't have lunch yeah, yeah, yeah. at the lighthouse. We so have to like hide every somewhere. Every three seconds, yeah. someone will come and stop you. And I thought I was very important. Like, I'm the owner, and they'll be coming at our table. I'm like, ah, and they'll all come to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. So, you got some competition exactly, in town now, Hashem. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so they tell you, generally speaking, not just in, in tech startups and startups, a lot of venture capital firms, when they want to invest in startups, they insist on at least two founders because they yeah. people statistically have found that solo solopreneurs or whatever you call them, it's or you're much more bound to fail as a solo entrepreneur. Right. Number one. Having said that, there's many other risks that come, of course, of with course. co-founders. So and and if you go to these programs, I haven't gone, but I, I follow them. They give you a whole list of things. That's almost like a prenup, right? Mm. Like flush all of this out before you enter the partnership so that, yeah. you know, it's a very American way of doing things. Right. But I just wanted to say that because I don't think you and Depeche sat there and made a big list of what could go wrong, right? No, I mean, look, feeling. we never really shared this before, but because it's you, I'll, I'm oh. going to share it. That's no, true. I mean, it's funny. So when we started, actually, uh, we we kind of started on a light partnership. Uh, where it was kind of like a partnership on paper, but the ownership was was not split. Oh, interesting. And, okay. So you did test drive it. We did test drive okay. it. And, you know, to be honest with you, uh, you know, we both came from fathers who had very bad experiences with, with finance. partnerships. Yes. Right? So we both had, you know, that scars. experience. Scars. Growing up and seeing, you know, what happened to our fathers and so on. So both of us were a little bit apprehensive. And then after a while, when we saw that, you know, that the business was going well, we decided to enter into a proper partnership. Formal agreement. A formal agreement and formal partnership on paper and and legally and so on. And it worked, you know, and and Depeche and I, I don't know if it's like that with you and Hani, but like, we're we're literally opposites in everything. Like, if I like black, he likes white. If I like, you know, if I want an office in this place, he wants an office in that place. Like, it's literally we agree on nothing. But like it's crazy, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. No, and, they are very uh, different styles. It's so funny because 
with that, it actually challenges us to see two completely points, completely different points of view, um, and uh, and and you know try to find compromise within those points of view. And but it also enables you, I think, to attract um, a, a, a roster of people to work with you. Yeah, it's a much wider network of people because Correct. you have those two styles, right? Yes. So I don't have yeah, yeah. to fit in here or fit in there. You can fit in whatever. Yeah. No, I mean, look, over the years now, we, 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 we've, of course, you know, it, it takes a long time to like build those systems, build those, uh, you know, those uh, uh, ways of working processes. Uh, and processes exactly that, that make, you know, make or break a company. And especially with companies like ours, where now there's a lot of competition, right? In the market, COVID came and killed us all, and we all came back to life. It 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 was a it was a very challenging few years, and you know, I mean, I think it's it, we look back, and you know, Depeche and I sometimes just look at each other. We're like, wow, I mean, it's it's we've come this far. It's been it's been such a journey, right? Like getting to to this place uh, where you know we had we had COVID come, we had many challenges come our way. Um, and and it's it's great to you know to kind of look back and say you know we managed to navigate those difficult moments and and we stuck together you know and that's but, uh, but you stuck together. I actually remember you and I having many conversations during, during COVID, COVID, yeah, about strategizing about the business. Yes. And what I remember very very well is that you. I mean, we were all of course anxious, but you were very calm. And I was I, yeah, you came across. I wasn't on the inside. Let I, me tell I, I remember you. came across. Yeah. I remember calling you one day, and you were staying with Depeche at the time. Yes, and um, we had a bunch of chats, and and you, I mean, let's put it this way: you were very. It was a very practical inclination of how you thought about it. You really, yeah. and and I found that admirable, and helped me in my own business because it was very difficult not to make emotional decisions during right. that period of time. Yeah. You know, these are people you worked with a very, very long time, the clients, right. this, will we come back, when, we, no one knew anything. I mean, I was talking to my my competitors, like my direct competitors, because I thought, you I know, remember. For, me, for me, it was really important to kind of align on, you know, how do we navigate this very, very, um, you know, uncharted waters, right? What I find remarkable is a couple of things. One is you guys managed successfully to diversify your business. I mean, that's very hard. Yes. Typically, you start with one type mm -hmm. and you get stuck because you, you get known as the agency for this. Correct. F&B, yeah. luxury, this, whatever it is. You guys, certainly in the UAE, have built a very diversified business. So while your background was luxury... Um, and fashion and, and retail, yeah. you you have now as much of a roster in F&B, say. Correct. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Was that conscious, that decision, or did it just sort of happen? It just happened. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, you know, we, we were approached by Music Hall from Lebanon, right? Yeah. When they came to open, and we, we did like a, a wicked uh, opening party for them, and we managed their PR and we helped them strategize on how to remain open during Ramadan. They were going to close for Ramadan. I'm like, well, guys, why don't you just pivot, you know, your your business model to 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 cater for Ramadan? And I couldn't get a booking during that <laughs> Ramadan. I mean, they were full Amazing. every night. So, you know, and then they saw what we did. And then suddenly all the Lebanese guys who, opened, you know, you. like the ad minds and all of those guys started working with us as well. And then and then over the years, you know, we've we've actually become one of one of the leaders in in sure. F and B. 
Um, I was telling you now in Saudi, I mean, we, we have a huge portfolio of FMB clients as well. And we just kind of fell into it. But I, what I love about that is that, you know, I'm not an expert in FMB. I'm, I'm a foodie. I love restaurants. I have an investment in, in, in a couple of restaurants. <laughs> yes. You may know of one. Indeed, I do know of one yeah. for sure. Yeah. And so so for me, it was like really interesting because, I because you know, I wake up every day and I'm one day I'm dealing with like a jewelry brand or I'm dealing with a fashion brand or I'm dealing with a a restaurant and and i think they all now have really kind of intertwined right so you see 100%. you see all these collaborations happening between whether it's like dior at namos and it, it's, it's all a blurring become, of the lines i mean yeah. look at look at groups like lvmh right i mean you know hospitality fnb fashion yeah. retail it's all but i think for you it's also instinctive i mean to your point i mean when i approached you to invest with us and i was very honored when you accepted it was that that i felt that you're as a person yeah. You have an instinct for this, right? It's not about I was an expert in FNB either. Yeah. But it was kind of you understand. Yeah, I mean that and and th isn't that funny? I mean, like yeah. so I mean we should tell a bit of the story, yeah, right? Sure. So you came to the the Hashem, you came to us for PR yeah. at the time and we were talking about it. And then, you know, you told me you were looking for investors. And I, I looked at your business plan and I'm like, this yeah. looks like a killer business plan. And although you had no experience in And FMB, I told you this. I was Well, like, I knew that because yeah. I know I know you. <laughs> you knew me as a banker. <laughs> exactly. But but you know, I knew you and Hanny, and yeah. I'm like, I invested in you as as Hashem and, and Hanny because I know how tasteful you are, I know Thank how you. passionate you are. And for me, it was like a no-brainer when I saw what what you had in mind. I was like, actually, that was kind of what I wanted to open at some point in I my remember. life, right? We, we talked so I was about like, this. I was like, to be part of your, you know, your vision and that and that uh, that amazing, um, you know, journey that would that now. I mean, look at how far you've come, right? I mean, yeah, how many locations you. do we have now? We have five locations here. Five locations, two, two, two in the making. Yes, one <laughs> in one in uh, one in one in Riyadh and one in Dubai yeah, Hills. So yeah. we. And look, honestly, um, th this was for me really important to have, and they were a very handful, few friends that we approached. And all of the, you said the same thing. I mean, look, I look at the business plan, but ultimately we believe in you. And I think that really gave us, so that's why I was asking this question. Yeah. In my case, at least the confidence to say, let's go. If these guys who are all successful in their own right, understand the, the think we can do this, then mm. we can. Because sometimes you need this. Like, it's not that I didn't have the confidence, but I almost needed someone else to come and tell you you can. Of course. And yeah. that's why I'm very, very impressed. I mean, when I did this, I was 40. Um, you were 30. So I, yeah. I'm not competing. Maybe I am. <laughs> but um, I'm saying I still needed this validation of a few friends saying, look, we're with you. Go ahead. Don't Do overthink it. Yeah. it. Boom. Yeah. And see where it goes. For you to do this at 30, team up with someone who you have not known for a very long time in a business that is very difficult. I mean... And very competitive. Very competitive. There's no barriers to entry, really. Everyone with a network thinks he can start an agency. And yeah. not to uh, add a spoiler here, but also, and I think that is something that is very underappreciated, to be able to go from a start to actually uh, someone to come in and take an interest uh, business interest in your business yes. from outside that is yeah. the ultimate validation i mean yeah i mean that that, that is uh, really the testament right it's i like, mean to be very honest i mean that's really been one of the most exciting parts of our you know the, the this you know this uh, last endeavor. couple of years and and really it's been amazing because five years ago you know we were acquired by by an amazing group yeah. of people i didn't know them that well now and five years into it i mean we're now uh you know they've acquired several other agencies and and, and it was uh, a business sorry to just i don't want to dwell on this point 
This is still a region where startups of all sorts, yeah. exits are far and in between. I mean, mm -hmm. almost non-existent. So most people like you and I that start a business have to contend with the fact that you might be, quote unquote, stuck with it forever. It's not an obvious that if Ayman has success or Hashim, five, 10 years down the line, yeah. someone's going to come and say, here's a bunch of money, I'm going to buy you. For you guys to do this in a business where ultimately your asset is a network mm -hmm. and a brand. I mean, you don't have hard assets. That is was to me incredible, incredible to see. Absolutely no, and and you know the thing is, is for us uh, aligning with um, with such great agencies as Carla Otto, Birbetak, a project in New York, Tsar, a new a new social media agency that we've just uh, acquired as a group, and Lefty. I mean, those are all really in their industries are the the creme de la creme. Yes, um, and 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 Carla Otto, of course, I knew from before. Uh, they were my agency when I was at Villa Moda. Yeah. So it's also a great name, Carla Otto, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's also a fantastic. Yeah, woman. I mean, I don't know her, but I feel like yeah. the name Carla. Like I yeah, was yeah, thinking, yeah. like if I need to be like Carla Otto, like that's great. Yeah, <laughs> we, maybe we can change your name. Yeah, I mean, like, I, mean, I, I don't know if there's. Hashim you might have Otto, Hashim Otto Hashoto. Can you have to? <laughs> <laughs> now you sound Japanese. I like, think exactly. Yeah, Hashimoto. Yeah, yeah. Hashimoto. Hashimoto. I like maybe. that. Yeah, I yeah. like that. And then I'll team up with Carla Otto. I feel like maybe. I mean, it's a natural progression. <laughs> I mean, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. Yeah, no, but it's been really interesting. And, you know, now our group is really, uh, funnily enough, I mean, it's, uh, I was just in Paris, met with some of the CEOs of brands and, and also the, the, the founders of, of the different agencies we work with. And a few years ago, I mean, this, this market was not really on everyone's radar. I mean, it was, but, <laughs> but China was, you know, far surpassing us. And and now it's uh, it's really interesting to see that actually everyone is quite interested. Well, not quite, very interested in in the region, in the GCC, in in Dubai, in Saudi, and you know now that we've been almost two years in Saudi with with a proper office, um, I think that also you know we have that first movers advantage. Uh, That's of, huge. Yeah, and that could have not happened without. I mean, you grew up there, so you yeah. know this market. We both know how difficult that market is. I well, mean, you're married to a Saudi. I'm married so. <laughs> to a Saudi, I, exactly. I know this market really well. And that's why when we're yeah. entering now, and we talked about this earlier, yeah. I am very clear about how challenging this. I, I I welcome the challenge. I'm very excited that we're going to go there. Yeah. But I am under no illusion. So you hear all these people, especially in the FNB, but I'm sure in your business as well, oh, it's such a huge market. We're going to go in. Everything yeah. will make a killing. It doesn't work like that. No, it, it, it doesn't, doesn't like at that. all. Yeah, it's a it's lot a, of work. It's, it's a lot it's, of work. It's like Dubai was, you know, many years ago. And, and you know, it's still a... It's still like a market that's developing, right? Actually, and it's come very far in a very short amount of time. But it's also not Dubai because the clientele and the customers are non-expats. I mean, exactly. you know, here exactly. it's 50 different countries. Exactly. So we're like there, you have 20 million plus Saudis Correct. that are there. So it's a little bit someone like me in like Egypt, how I grew up, it's a much bigger market, but where you were really focused on Egyptians, Correct. not on expats necessarily. Yeah. There's an expat market, but not as big. And and the different regions, right? So you have Riyadh, you have Sub Jeddah, you have Sharqiyah. Exactly. Each place has a different like a nuance. Different country. They're different countries. Yeah. They have different ways of speaking, different yeah. dialects. I mean, yeah. so, so, you know, and that's something that, again, you know, the brands really appreciate when they meet people like us. Uh, you know, who who have that experience and that have that navigate. understanding of those different markets and the nuances of working within each city. 
Uh, and and I think it's really, I mean, I have to say, I mean, you've been spending more time in Saudi and, yeah. and you know, I, I go, you know, I have meetings in ministries and, and, and different places and, and I go and I walk through these ministries and I look around and it's like women everywhere, it's so like changed. in, in, so in incredible positions. And, and it makes me so proud because, you know, my mom was, was, you know, uh, one of the first women in, to be to professionally be successful. Then. Yeah. In Saudi. And, yeah. And 1980, you know, so I saw the struggles that she had as a woman, you know, like navigating that, uh, not wanting to wear a headscarf when she's at work because that's not what she wants to do. And yeah. and she was tough, you know, and she managed to kind of hold her ground as a foreigner in a in a country where she wanted to protect her rights as a woman. Uh, and she she was she was really like a, an inspiration, I think, to to many women there, you know. Me for me. Uh, and and I, I it's really just exciting for me because I, our office is actually ninety percent women in in Saudi, which is really incredible. And and here it's about I would say eighty five percent women. So you know it's it's incredible being in this region. Like people would not expect that actually women take such an important role within uh, within a lot of industries, whether it's in a ministry or w whether it's at the code or or any other um, agencies. Uh, you see that there there's a lot of uh, like progress that's happened in the last few years. I talked to Ayman about why they're so attracted to the entrepreneurial environments in the UAE and Saudi Arabia. That's right after the short break. Welcome back to the Lighthouse Conversations with Ayman Fa'usa. It's very obvious that you're just, it's, I think it comes very naturally to you to connect with people, build networks, gain trust, etc. How much of it would you attribute to also your upbringing, but also your kind of hybrid hybridity? I mean, you have an Egyptian dad, your mom is originally Iraqi. Correct. You grew up in majority Saudi before moving to Canada, um, right? So all of those elements were there in place. I see in you as an Egyptian, the Egyptian part, especially when we're around Egyptian. And then Rami sees the Iraqi part. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It pops up, right? But I also see that hybridity and yeah. the navigation. And I've seen you in a lot of different uh, circumstances socially. And it comes very natural to you. It's not forced, neither with Egyptians or Saudis or anyone else. Um, because I think they're all in you in some ways. Yeah. But yeah. growing up and now as you kind of do your business, are you conscious of it or is it just a very innate thing? I mean, look, you know, people ask me where are you from? And that's such yeah. that's the most difficult question for me because I actually have no idea. Yeah, you have ties uh, and, to all those places. I mean, now I'm from Dubai uh, as much as I'm also from Canada, 100%. as much as I'm from Saudi, uh, as much as I'm from Egypt. But, but, but my point is I don't see you, for example, when you're amongst Egyptians, I don't see you trying very hard to be Egyptian you no, yourself I, yeah but it totally I used flows. to by the way it's funny maybe. like I used to try to blend in like even change my accent to be more Egyptian maybe or pre more my Saudi time. I, I've seen yeah. you in all of those environments yeah. and you fit in but being yourself that's my point and I found that yeah very interesting I mean you know because that's very unusual um yeah to, to have that comfort and all of those places saudis and egyptians first and foremost are suspicious right like, yeah they're yeah, yeah, not yeah. like the friendliest bunch that are just like oh open arms they, <laughs> they sniff out the foreigners right yeah the outsiders especially especially when you're egyptian but you don't speak egyptian that's Mayor not Mayor. it doesn't but even influence. egyptian saudi have its own dynamic yeah i mean being married to a saudi i mean i know the, the dynamic on both sides right 
the early days of how Saudis looked at me and then the Egyptians look at my wife because they're yes. like, oh, who is she? She's an yeah, Egyptian. Because yeah, yeah. they're so like, all of these dynamics come into play. Yeah, I mean, we I think we all face challenges, right? Like growing up, you, you're, you know, you're not from that country or... You know, you're viewed at a different, like maybe social level yeah. because of because of your nationality. Yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunately, these things still exist today. They will uh, always exist. Yeah, yeah, and 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 but you know, I think at the end of the day, when you when you're kind of firm in your beliefs and you're and you're confident in who you are and and what you're capable of, people stop seeing those. That's you know, exactly those, right. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. That's exactly it's, right. it's, it's 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 crazy. I know. Like when you look around today, I mean, you know, you look at how many successful people. There are in in Dubai from all different all nationalities and yeah. all walks of life, and there's some really inspirational people who came from nowhere, yeah. even from the slums who came from, you know, the slums of of anywhere, whether it's Egypt or India or or anywhere, and and they're now like CEOs of companies, and that's quite you know uh, impressive. You know, no, I I agree. I think uh, in in that sense, Dubai is a very unique place. I mean, you know, when people ask me like, why did you move to Dubai? I honestly, you know, it's it's this place has given us so much, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it gave us a safety. 100%. It gave us a place to to live. It gave us it, it, everything's just done in in a way that makes life conducive to to work, right? And it's really an inspirational place. I love it. You know, like I love coming when I when I moved here and when I come here and I see people moving in, like more people moving here from abroad. It's like. It's really amazing, like what what they've managed to build in such a 100%. short amount of time. And, I mean, and today, its repetition supersedes itself. When we came, there wasn't all that much yet. No. So we we saw it. I remember all of us as a landing point to build something. Interesting. I was and coming they, for two years. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah a, but it allowed and now it's us been twenty. So they, they, it gave, they gave us license to create and build and dream. Yes. Um, and not feel that you're not part of the fabric. And I think that was. That's really all what people like us needed, right? And Saudi's doing the same now, you but know. I have to say, saying, and right? like, and that's that's what you know led led me to open our office there. Is that like you know we own our company one hundred percent, yeah. And and you know, so and, and and it's been it's been really like a very we, everyone's been so welcoming. Really, it's been such a great experience as well. There, you know, I think maybe a few years back it wouldn't have been the same. But I also think that people like you and I enjoy being in places as they um as they evolve right there's something yeah. exciting about that friction that comes Absolutely. so you know dubai 2005 or whatever when we first met yeah. i think was maybe not as organized or as well known as today Correct. but there was something right that caught yeah, our spark. Attention! I think Riyadh today and Saudi in general feels that way. Oh, absolutely! And I, I mean, think that's... some people like you. And I think you, I find myself very attracted to that. I'm drawn like, to that energy. Yeah, exactly, you know, I'm drawn exactly. to that energy of to yes. The grit, almost. It's like, yes. It's the energy of yes. It's like everything is possible. Masbut. Everything is possible. Not There's everybody nothing... likes that. I mean, no, a lot yeah, of people yeah, but... want. A, you know, they, they're very happy to come to Dubai 2023, where things are kind of already in boxes to some extent. Yeah. Um, they don't want the chaos of the white canvas. Yeah, I completely thrive off the chaos of the white canvas. Absolutely, you I know? mean, I think, I mean, even Dubai, it still continues still to surprise me, right? Spatial. Like, uh, it's, it's like you know, uh, the Palm, for example, was an area which I kind of was always like, oh, the Palm's not me for too. me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, blah, blah, look blah, at blah. it today. And now it's like I go there all the time, yeah, and we, we have, have a lighthouse on the Palm. I mean, you have a light <laughs> exactly. We have a lighthouse yeah. on the Palm, and like I have several of my clients, like Sand Beach and Loren, which are like now 
fantastic restaurants Brands. that are doing super well and 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 sushi samba as well and you know it's it's incredible to see because when i first went there to to west palm i was like i feel like i'm in miami like what yeah. is this place it's so and i had no idea Sorry. like and i live in the same city so uh i think it's really amazing that dubai continues to kind of reinvent itself and saudi Riyadh and saudi whether it's like people are telling me to go to taif and i'm looking at pictures i'm like it looks like you know Europe. It's yeah, it's amazing, and then you have my, that my, my, and... my wife's uh, family is from Taif. Oh really? Yeah. Oh amazing! I, I really want to go. Yeah. Taif is like um, a whole different world, right? It's a whole different and world, and it's cold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah my my colleagues were just there like two weeks ago from Jeddah, and they were like, they were explaining to me about how interesting it is. It's a different yeah, yeah. climate. Yeah, Taif is and... its own thing. Yeah, and people from Taif. I mean, you know, I mean, I could spend hours on Taif, but that's a different conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I, feel like I, I really want to go visit it. So, no, yeah, Taif it's... is very interesting. I'll come with you. Let's uh, do it. Yeah, and with some luck, we'll bring May's dad so he can actually take us around. Okay, let's go back to you. Um, which is anyway, I think one of your favorite topics. So we're fine. Is it? Yeah, I mean, I like, no, I'm totally joking. Unlike a mutual friend of ours, you're not one of those. <laughs> Thank God. About yeah, exactly. Thank God. You know who we're talking about, but, yeah, yeah, Rami. But anyway, <laughs> um, so you've had this extraordinary 13-year journey, and I'm not, I'm not really being, you know, like trying to just sort of blow up steam up your butt. It's the truth. Um, you had a successful opportunity to monetize this business as well. What drives you now? Because obviously you're still very young. You have, you're full of ideas. Hmm. And obviously I know that you, you know, you could, can stay with your business forever, but at some point you probably had maybe either conscious, subconsciously some points of things you wanted to achieve in your life, right? Yeah. You know, whether it's success in your business, financial dependence, et cetera, et cetera. Once you've, you've achieved those kind of things, what is it? Is it, more of everything? Um, is it you start looking in in different direction, maybe more spiritual? I don't know. I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, look, I, you know, you know that I've had this kind of spiritual journey yes, over the last few days, a few years. I'm alluding and, to it, and uh, and you know, I mean, it's definitely something that's become part of my life, and I've managed to actually like combine the two. And you know, I came to a point where I was like, I, there was a bit of this kind of. Um, dislocation, right? Yeah, All dislocation. I was like, okay, so but how does this fit with this? And, run, run, run. Yeah, and and it comes at a price. And when we're a bit younger, you don't think there is a price, and then you Correct. realize, of course, it comes at a price. Correct. No, and it's and and I think you know one of the things that I've learned is is a I have to take care of me before anything else, wow. you know, and that you know that uh, awareness and that ability to say now I'm going to switch off. Now I'm going to actually give myself you know, two weeks of being, whether it's in Bali or or in India or wherever I, I choose to go, um, just to switch off and sometimes even like detox completely from remember, my phone. I remember, no phone, nothing. Yeah. And um, and I took a sabbatical, remember, a yes. couple of years back after COVID, I just, I needed that break. And, and you know, just having that awareness and having that support of my business partners, um, you know, whether to it's Depeche. To be able to do that. Yeah. You know, whether it's Depeche or, or, or our, or our partners globally. They've been, you know, super supportive, and 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 honestly, that made all the difference, you know, because I came back with a whole new energy. Uh, you know, I've been really focusing on on developing the business, opening our Saudi office. I mean, of course, the passion and and our GM and and, Akeed, and the Akeed. whole team has been part of it, but but I just had that energy to go and do it. And for me, that that uh, the thrill of the chase has always been my yeah. my thing, right? It's yeah. like I want 
like I'll decide on a certain client or a certain sector or a certain you go after it and I go after it and 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 for me that's the excitement of like bringing that 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 business in you know so that's always been my excitement the other part that comes with the spiritual journey has been like that that um dedication to uh to uh charity and yeah. and and you know to CSR and that's a, a true passion and you know the, what i've what i'm aware of now is that the more i work the more we have money to give, give yeah. and the more that we're able to support and uh why and, is know, this important to you on a personal level it's you know it's been since my childhood no like, i i know I've, and since I know, i've known it's, you it's, you've, it's, you've been doing that but yeah I, like since my childhood if i see someone in need i feel like i have to help them and i don't know wh mm. where that innate kind of mm. like desire to help others yeah. comes from uh, but whenever I saw someone in need, like I would give them something that, you know, might help them, even if it was mine, I would, you know, give a toy or give money or whatever I had to to support others. Um, it's always come naturally to me. And, 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 and now, you know, being able to do that with my company uh, and personally, I mean, I continue to do a lot of things to help different communities and and different people um, around the world, really. And. And it's really it's great, and um, even I mean, obviously, our our the independence does a lot of a lot of um, their own. Yeah, it things gives as you well. more freedom. But to it, do, but to do, but I, but yeah. you had done it always since I've known you. Yeah, you had been supporting, and you know, you weren't you and know getting people like you to write checks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, and like for good reason. I'm just exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Um, actually, it's a very good point because I think that generosity of the soul, certainly yeah. in your case, extends beyond writing checks and being involved in charities. I mean, even with your friends, and I think there's a very generous uh, approach. And the flip side of that is with people like yourself, frankly, is sometimes they deplete themselves. And I think that's kind of part of that spiritual journey maybe you, you, you're talking about, right? I recharge that, myself, yeah. Yeah, is that yeah. you, 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 it, it takes too much out of you because you really yeah. give yourself completely to everybody around you, whether it's your business, your friends, family, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, trust me, I, I get to points where I feel completely depleted because, yeah. you know, your time becomes not yours at all, right? So, you're, you're, you know, there are days where we have like four or five different events we need to run between different events and, and, and you know, you're constantly seeing people and giving your energy to people and so yeah. on. So that that necessity of just switching off, like last January, I went to, to Bali and spent like 10 days by myself. Like, I just didn't want, you know, my <laughs> even my best friend, Tarek was like, can I can I come with you? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I need, it's need. not that's you know, great, it's not that's that great self awareness. Of, yeah, I just need time for myself. And that's one of the biggest learnings was actually like learning to be by myself, learning to take you so know hard. a couple of times. Yeah, it, it used to be. I mean, I na, you asked yeah. me in my 30s yeah. if I would go on a trip by myself or like spend a week doing a spiritual uh I'm still terrible uh, you know. at it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was not even my vocabulary. Yeah. So you know, it's nice that we we do that and we infuse that also into into the code, right? Into our you know wellness become becoming a very big part of what we what do. we promote at the code, and you know, making sure that people have time for themselves and and for their families, and and you know, doing things like yoga or or a wellness day that we have we're planning. It's uh, amazing for, for our team. So you know, we we do also try to. Um, impart that knowledge on our on our on our teams as well so that's a very important part of it and and just kind of as a side point here when you talked about your business it just occurred to me it's fascinating that you guys because neither of you like necessarily have a background in you know finance or accounting or any of those things 
Um, and typically, you know, when you're building a business, there is a big component of that. And you guys were able to build a successful, profitable business, take it all the way through for someone else to be interested in acquiring it. We had our friends who were bankers yeah. like you. Yeah. But, I mean, you you helped, you helped me at the beginning, yeah. Rami and like all the... But, like but my, it was fascinating yeah. for me to see that you... I, I, you know, like you had that kind of almost dare to do it. Yeah. And knew that you know enough to understand, to run a business. And it's also a testament to that's really not at the heart of the business, right? I mean, of course, the numbers have to add up. Yeah. And you have to make sense, business sense. You have to make X and you have to spend Y and there has to be some difference in between the two. But it's not rocket science. And I think that's an inspiration for a lot of people who are creative. Yeah. Because a lot of creative people, I think, shy away from starting their own business precisely because of that they're like well i know how to create x but i don't know how to run a business correct yeah. and i think that with some um just being common sense and getting support yeah it can be done you guys are testament i think to that. i mean i think you know uh, l'oreal that people always say that about l'oreal was a great school you know like and sure. and and you know we at that time uh, we got involved in everything from like forecasting to, you know, so you had the numbers. Some... And so I had a bit of that experience and learned how to use like Excel. And I'm, it's actually, I love Excel. That's my geeky part that you I don't know I did not know, know that. Yeah. You love Excel. I love Excel. My whole life is on an Excel sheet. That, that it's is insane. so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my friends always make fun of that because that's like my geeky side. That yeah, yeah, out. yeah. That I um, did not know. That's yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, but but really, it's like you, Karim Ziwar, as well. Like, yeah. my, like a few of my friends who who at the beginning really helped me with like the the numbers part and understood like what do I need to do? How do I what do I need to achieve? And like just to set it up. And then once you guys kind of like helped us get to that point then of course you know th things started yeah. to run and and you learn right but but definitely and you have good intuition you have to ask people you know you have to ask for the help when you need it and and you know i have to give a shout out to the endeavor people you know the endeavor people yeah, helped you know lot. helped a lot and and you know it was a great so like organization which um you know at the time patrick shalhoub was at the at the helm of yeah. that and he was the one who actually recommended us and when we came in, it it you know we were so grateful to them and to Patrick for that opportunity to actually you know really zoom out of our business, have a board of advisors like you know uh, um, Hisham from from Grant Thornton, was great, and, and Mansoor Hajar at the time, yeah, uh, as well as uh, Noor Swade, and and you know we had like a real powerhouse of like a of like a, a board of advisors who challenged us at yeah. every step of the way and 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 you know one of the things that nur suede used to always say is so what if you get hit by a bus tomorrow what happens to the business and you know it was like it's a very graphic you yes. know way to put it but it was actually really interesting because it made you think okay so what happens if i'm not here tomorrow like i get sick i i you know whatever it is and and you know we 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 learned how to set up our business in a way where you know, of course, we're there. We're, we we add we have to add value to the company, and our presence is very important. But the business has to run; it has to be yeah. sustainable, yeah. right? You institutionalize um, it, and I think that yeah. is that is also a very is, like, a very difficult talk. thing to move away from founders. Yes, right. To be have a business that's not just Ayman or Depeche. That's actually I'm hiring the code, and you know, yes, of course, these guys are involved, mm. but this is you know the company I trust. 
It's very interesting, by the way, this side note, that it's always the bus that hits you. Why is it not a car because or like even or a like, motorcycle? Or like you stumble <laughs> on a stray cat and then the <laughs> dog hits your head. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's probably more like that. So than we should the come bus. up with more creative ways yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never liked the bus thing. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's just a side. But like, <laughs> we digress. Yeah, yeah we, like, we digress. We'll go but back. we always do. We, we go back to... Um, well, look, I mean, I have to say this has been fantastic. Um, we're very, I'm, I'm personally very, very proud of what you've achieved, both personally and professionally. Personally, Ditto. I mean, I'm very proud of you. Look at what, you, what you've you. done with well, the lighthouse. And thank you. you know, and I have to, I have to say, I mean, it's, it's, it's impressive, you know, what you guys have built over the years. And thank you. I mean, honestly, it's, uh, I mean, all of you guys are very much part of that DNA. And I'm not just saying that on the podcast. I mean, that is, I think, something that, I'm very proud of that I've seen over the last, let's say, 10 years in Dubai is that there is a group of, and some are close friends, some are not, mm. but entrepreneurs in different businesses. And whenever I've reached out, and certainly I know this about you, there will always be one step from someone else. And people have been very, very willing to do that. Yeah. And I think that's what created this fabric in Dubai that didn't exist before and has yet to exist anywhere else in the Middle East mm. at that level. I mean, Egypt has parts of this, suffering maybe today, but Lebanon always had that a little bit. Of course, Saudi is building it now. Yeah. But I think it, that community um, was very grounds up, Yeah. you know, and it's heartfelt. So all these names you mentioned today, they all have their own businesses. Correct, yeah. So and they I mean, all fully relate, right? And impressive businesses as well. And it's impressive like, businesses. And you know, it's it's what you're saying is so true. I think what makes us different in Dubai and in this region is that willingness to help one another, right? Yeah. It's like you can pick up the phone, call anyone and say, hey, listen, I need to pick 100%. your brains about this. And, and and people are willing to help and and genuinely, right? It's not just like, a, okay, yeah, let's go for coffee. They'll go out of their way to actually support you. Know, 100%. You. I mean, you know, case in point, you're just saying Hisham, right? I mean, I yeah. took the number from you, called him, sat with him at MOE, had a two-hour conversation about my business where he gave me some great Such points. Such a nice guy, yeah. Yeah, and it yeah. was like, I wasn't a client. I wasn't. I was your friend. I saw you having lunch with him at the lighthouse, and I was like, can I speak to him? And you're like, sure, here's his number. I mean, that yeah. is a testament. He's yeah. a guy building his own business. I mean, he he, he manages a huge business yeah. and, and has very little time. So, I mean, you know, that he carves out two hours exactly. of his time to it's, just sit it's with you. It's super generous. Yeah. But I think it's that feeling that you are part of a particular community yeah. and that without the support, it's actually not only harder to succeed, but less fun. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I, we were talking about this earlier, like, I actually value my competition a lot. And, you know, I, I really... You're good I, with that. Yeah. I, and, you know, I'm, I'm very different from a lot of people. Like, you, uh, you know, I just met one of the big uh, big events agencies that open in, in Dubai and, and they're going to compete a lot with our group. And I was like, well, it's great to have you in the neighborhood. They've just moved here. And, 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 and you know, I was like, let's have coffee. And, and on the contrary, like, I think it's so great. You know, when... It's also when a sign of confidence. It, it's confidence, but it's also like, you know, when you have people and, and people who you respect so, uh, in your industry, and there are people in, in DC... It's validation, who, who, right, to what you've built. I, I respect them a lot because they're going to keep me in check. So, they're going to make sure that... I'm going to make sure that, that I'm always, you know, uh, striving to be better. And I wish the best for them too, you know, because there's enough for all of us. But, but at the same time, you know, it, it there's obviously the opposite of that, where you have people who 
you don't really respect, but that's no, a that's story whole, for that's another conversation. But that's what the buses are for. Yeah, um, exactly. But no, <laughs> the stray cat that's going to hit the dog, you know, and the dog will be hit by the taxi. Yeah. So like, you know, it's going to be something yeah. like that. Yeah, the buses, oh. yeah. One final question I have for you. Do you see yourself always in whatever you do, whether it's in this business, something else in the future, at the frontier, always pushing the envelope? Because that's obviously where you like to be. You know, like you hmm. you go kind of, you know, so, you know, Riyadh now is sort of challenging market, new market frontier. You've been there for two years. You came early. You staked yeah. your, you know, do you always see yourself doing that? Look, I mean, I've always had the, I have always had the pleasure and the opportunity in every job I've been in where I've been working for leaders, right? So when I was at L'Oreal, I mean, you know, I was I was working for Lancome at the time. At that time, we were, you know, top three, but in some markets, we were number one. Yeah. And we were always striving to be number one. And I always like, that was built into my DNA from my very first job, right? And, and uh, you know, Khadija, who was uh, also Egyptian and my boss at the time, you know, was a really was really competitive, and she's incredible, and and I'm really proud of her. She's built her way up in L'Oreal uh, over the years. She's still there, and uh, and you know, it's it, it was built into my DNA. And then Villa Moda was really like the most incredible, incredible retail story. concept that that 100%. ever you know that 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 was ever made in the region, right? And and even in Europe, people were talking about how so cool. incredible. So you early. Know, it was like uh, like Colette was yeah, in Paris. Very like, much Corso Como, was, Colette. Corso Como, etc. So so I always had that opportunity to to represent those leaders, mm -hmm. right? In their in their own industry. So when I, you know, when Depeche and I built this this company, we wanted to be the leaders. I don't know how to not be. That's and nice. and that's always where we strive to be. Uh, and you know, um, proudly we can say that we we're, we're there and and we've been there and we we will continue inshallah to be there for for the years to come. So the answer to the question is yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I I can't think of a better way to end this. Ayman, thank you for your time. It's thank been you. Fantastic fun. You. Best of luck. Thank you. And, and uh, uh, well, it's always good to see you. You too, Habib. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Lighthouse Conversations. We're produced by Chirak Desai, and our content director is Farah Sharif. You can connect with us on Instagram at the Lighthouse underscore podcast for behind the scenes videos and more. Also, listen to all our previous episodes in your podcast app or at thelighthouse.ae slash podcast. We'll be back in two weeks.